Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Andrew Dorowski. And I'm Kestra Dorowski. And today we are joined by a guest, Scott from Back to the Future Minute. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. You'll be with us all week, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, and you're not just from Back to the Future Minute. You do a few other things, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, from DuelingGenre.com, everything that I do is over there. I've directed some short films, and I write and produce Geek by Night, which is a, a original audio drama with, like, a full voice cast. So, voice actors, I know a thing or two about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's all at DuelingGenre.com, so uh, check that out. Yeah, we had um, Cassandra and Norman from Lord of the Rings uh, a few oh, weeks nice. ago. Oh, nice. Awesome. So they, they plugged the website a few times, and it's it's a good place. You guys have a, a slick website going. Oh, thank you. Uh, and today, uh, for this show, we're discussing episode 31 of Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, which begins with the dwarves uh, recovering from a massive sneeze, a, a veritable indoor hurricane, <laughs> and it ends with the dwarves hiding from some sounds that they've heard in their home. First thing I noticed watching this, uh, because, you know, I have I, – I, I'm more like you, Andrew. I come at the, the uh, Disney animated movies more from the Disney Renaissance up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have watched a lot of these. Like I watched Pinocchio and Cinderella like constantly when I was a kid. Um, but Snow White was one that I didn't watch a lot of. So the first thing that I noticed watching this was um, the dwarves could really just – I mean, they could just fit in in Brooklyn as like Brooklyn hipsters right now. Because <laughs> I mean, they really, they really just look like hipsters. They've got like the, the little the beards, the you know, loose the, hat, right? Exactly. The shoddily put together like outfits with like non-matching clothes. Um, yeah, think so, some parts tucked yeah. in, other parts hanging out. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah, I'd say. Um, if you were to like put it into modern design, it would be very hipstery. Oh yeah, you know, from the hat to the shoes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What are those shoes? Are those just? They're they just like, like wearing socks. like. Okay, so they're just socks. That's what I, they that, look that's what like. What they look like? They look like cloth. But, and like but, maybe like, they're just like little like, leather sacks maybe. <laughs> that they put on. I don't know. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, and the and the. They have like the weird like hanging toe bit. Yeah, yeah they got the they got a lot of toe room. And I, I like I hate those shoes. They look <laughs> weird to me. People's yeah. feet aren't shaped that way. I'm not sure if there's like a little bit of stuffing at the end of that toe. I guess but, in I mean if we're going back to the hipster thing, they're kind of like, you know, those shoes that look like you have bandages wrapped around your feet. Um hmm. what are those shoes called? Are they they're, Toms? Yeah, Toms. Yeah, they Toms. look like Toms. <laughs> they look like like a loose bit, toms. But, yeah, yeah. Um, th- th- but they do have only four fingers, so would they only have four toes? Mm. I don't know. These are the mysteries. Uh... They say that they, I've heard people say that your pinky toe is much more important than you give it credit for. Um, mm-hmm. As far as like balance and stuff goes, like I knew someone who was a dance student, and mm-hmm. then she broke just her pinky toe. And she's like, yeah, like I'm out of dance for like months until mm-hmm. it heals. Cause I can't balance. Right. 
Ugh. That's awful. <laughs> so if they do only have four toes, I guess they've adapted to it. Yeah, probably. But like Snow White has all her fingers, so it's a weird mix of. But, but they're dwarfs. Yeah, they're not uh, human. Really. Yeah, I guess it's a mix of animation tropes. <laughs> yeah. To get the the three fingers and a thumb. Mm-hmm. But we don't see their feet. We don't see anyone's feet in this, I think. I mean, we see feet, but we don't see their bare feet. Mm-hmm. Now it makes me wonder if we ever see a bare foot before Cinderella. I don't know. That would... Cause I mean, there's Cinderella, a lot of films She to loses go her shoe three times. Right. Yeah, it's pretty, so. it's pretty notable. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe these are the kinds of questions that the animators were asking. They're like, you know what? Let's just put these weird sock things on their feet. And then we don't have to answer these questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this wasn't the original design for the dwarfs, so they had some options. I think some of those options had more traditional shoe shoes oh. on them. But these are, yeah, they're pretty, like, basic. They're they're really soft looking. Like, the animation is really soft around those shoes. Mm-hmm. And I think it works well for the fluid animation that they're doing for the dwarfs, for the most part. Yeah. So maybe that's just what it was, but yeah, they're weird. And every time I look at them, I'm like, what are those things? Like they look funky. Yeah. Um, they tied potato sacks around their feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a note on this minute that like grumpy when he berates sneezy for sneezing, like that is really intense and really unjustified. Like sneezy is right to say he's like, I can't help it. Like, yeah. Get sneezy. And and then he starts like inhaling like he's about to sneeze again. Mm-hmm. And he looks concerned. He doesn't look grumpy anymore. He, there's like a hint of concern in his face. He doesn't want another storm inside. <laughs> um, I, I mean it's not it's not it's not Sneezy's fault that he has allergies before allergies were a thing that anyone knew anyone had. <laughs> Yeah, but like in the previous minute, he talks about his hay fever, and one of the other dwarfs like shoved a bunch of goldenrod in his nose. That's just mean. And it's like that's that's intentional aggravation. If, if you know that someone has allergies or is going or is prone to sneezing, you mm. wouldn't really shove something with a lot of pollen, pollen and stuff up their nose, literally. And you, and you certainly wouldn't do that and then berate them for sneezing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So there's some there's some relationship discussions that need to happen for these dwarfs. Like, do they need to uh, go to uh, there's some counseling therapy? Yeah, they need some <laughs> yeah. therapy, some counseling. Like, you guys have some power dynamics, some attitude mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. You need to balance out your moods. Yeah. Well, each one, like, seems, except for Doc, and they each seem to have one mood, <laughs> One trait. One trait that is kind of signifying their... Well, obviously, Doc would be the shrink for that. He, he would be their <laughs> counselor. But would he be good at it? Probably not great. We <laughs> yeah. don't know what he's a, a Doc of. Yeah, exactly. But we're theorizing uh, geology so far. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. But then they, so he gets this other sneeze going, and they just topple onto him and tie his beard in a knot around his nose. Which, before they get into the pile uh, on top of uh, Sneezy, 
you see his beard, and it's not very long. No, it's one of the shorter beards, I'd it's say. It's one of the shortest, yes. Mm. And, like, I don't think you can pull it that far to be able to tie around his nose <laughs> into a big knot like they do. Cartoon beards never seem to act the way real beards do. Because real beards are, are not very elastic. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not especially malleable. Mm-hmm. They don't work like hair, but cartoon beards always seem to be working like hair. Yeah. Yeah. But also, the dwarves have oddly shaped potato-shaped noses, so they're a lot rounder as well. So the beard would be able to tie around there too, but it just doesn't make sense. So maybe a dwarvish beard is... Is different. Is more flexible. Yeah, but I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. So that was was a, a question I actually had for the later minute. So are they... Are they not human? It's not super clear. Um, okay. We have a number of theories Which about what's going on, all but bizarre theories. But um, yeah. I'd say they are much more closely related to fantasy dwarfs than to like humans with dwarfism. Okay, that's how, that's how I would take it. Yeah. Um, so so fantasy dwarfs like Lord of the Rings or Dungeons and Dragons kind of stuff. Right. And you said early on that The Hobbit was published after this? It was published right around the same yeah. time as this. I think they had already like they were already far into production and it was just a couple months before they premiered Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when The Hobbit was published. Oh, okay. So it's just right. a coincidence that these two stories have like large groups of dwarfs with yes, one or two uh characteristics. Um mm-hmm. To differentiate them. Okay. Well, it's, um, I had a friend who told me that there's a, I don't know where he saw it. It was on a blog or something. And it said, um, you know, if you look at all the different fantasy stories and, and like Dungeons and Dragons versus Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter and all these different things and says, well, our gnomes are different. Our trolls are different. Our elves are different. Our dwarves are all the same. (laughs) That's true. Which, if you go through stuff, it's like, yeah, they're always underground. They they always have beards. They're, they're always short. A little greedy. Yeah. And so there's this weird cohesiveness about dwarves in fantasy literature. But I'd say these are definitely fantasy dwarves, not um, humans with dwarfism. Okay. And I'd agree. But beyond that, like, it's not clear. Later on this week... It's not clear, like, what their relationship to the rest of the world is. Like, whether people are aware of them and they're aware of other people. Right. That was a question I had for later. Yeah. So, like, their their cottage is definitely isolated. But they mm-hmm. might even be, like, strictly isolated um, as a rule. Yeah. Right. It's because not... they don't seem to necessarily be trading the gems. Yeah. Right. And, and, but they do get rich. Um, yeah, they, they, somehow they talk about getting rich and and they mine and it's, yeah, that it's, song has some inconsistencies. Big, there's a lot of a lot of questions, but <laughs> questions that may not get answered. Um, so when when Sneezy gets the beard tied in a knot, he then says thanks, but he says it too loud. Is there something about having his nose plugged that disrupted his volume perception? Well, I think it's I think it's that it's not his volume perception. I, I think it's that he doesn't have as much control of his voice because like because he's got his nose plugged, and so you tend to like overcompensate 
when your nose is plugged because okay. you're used to sound coming out of your nose when you speak, you know, like you feel that vibration. Yeah, there's a certain amount that comes out the nose. Right. So I imagine he's like overcompensating and was just too loud. Okay. Maybe. That's that's how I took it anyway. But I don't know. tying a beard around the nose. That's not a that's not an airtight seal. <laughs> and it wouldn't stop a sneeze, right? Yeah, okay, we talked about this last week. And I don't know, Scott, if you've had any experience. Like, the cartoon trope of putting a finger under someone's nose when they're about to sneeze to prevent a sneeze. Mm-hmm. Do you happen to know if there's any validity to that concept? Or I... have you experienced it? Have you attempted it? Yeah, I mean, I, not not like the gentle version where they just like literally just barely touch the bottom of their nose and it... And it cures. Like, yeah, but like, you know, I've had to sneeze while watching a movie and I've like grabbed my nose to stop from sneezing. And then I, I do that weird like silent internal sneeze that really hurts. Yeah, uh, I was going to say the, the painful, painful, painful one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't disturb anybody while watching the movie. So <laughs> there's that. But uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think there's some validity at least at least it works as sort of a silencer like it doesn't stop you from sneezing like it does yeah, in like cartoons the, the impulse the triggers that are going on inside your body like that's still going on yeah right but you can't like spew forth the air from your nostrils is that right. the difference yeah i guess so then you don't make I the always, noise and i always felt like the concept was it was going to stop you from breathing in through your nose that last little bit that's going to tip it over into a sneeze oh interesting um but maybe it's to just like block it and shut down the sound yeah my sneezes my my sneezes generally come out of nowhere so i feel like the, the what you're talking about is more of like the gradual sneezers like the ones that like build up to the sneeze like sneezy Mm mm-hmm Whereas, like, I'm more of, like, everything is normal, and then suddenly I'm, like, sneezing at 11. And <laughs> everyone's like, whoa, where did that come from? Okay. Um, so, I don't know. Different sneezers. Yeah. Not everyone's a sneezy. Yeah. Where, where you have that build-up. I definitely know that build-up, though, where I'm like, okay, I'm feeling it. And I usually, like, I'm all for letting the sneeze happen. Uh-huh. I, I very rarely want to block a sneeze yeah, because of that pain you were talking about. Right. So if I feel one, it's like, oh, I feel one starting to tickle. I'm, I try to breathe in such a way to like finish that off. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like sneezing's just a, it's a thing. You just got to let it happen. And, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's going to come up again. We should probably research about like, blocked sneezes and, and see what the science is on Wait, that. Wait, you're saying this isn't the only time Sneezy sneezes in the whole movie? I bet he's got at least one more. <laughs> he's got one more in him. Uh, I, I want to talk about these 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 trolling little birds. Oh, like just... I wanted to talk about these birds too. That's like two out of my five notes. Is like, these birds are a menace. Yeah. And, and they are malicious in their attempts. So they're like watching... What's going on? And they know the dwarfs are scared. Mm-hmm. And these are the only animals that stuck around. Everyone else got completely out of there. And there was like 50 chipmunks the, in that The turtle, house. I'm still wondering how he got Okay, out the turtle, the came, we're not but... sure if he, he quite made it out. <laughs> um, but these birds stuck around. And then 
they just like look at each other and this big conspiratorial wink. Yeah. And and then they're like, okay, we're going to make noise. And so they tap on the beam and I guess that's supposed to sound like someone's on the stairs or I I don't know. I think I, I don't I think just any noise, like any strange noise in your house, you'd be like, "What was that?" <laughs> if if we came home, Andrew, mm-hmm. and we found like our door wide open, we'd be a little and nervous. and and a pot in the fireplace. Yeah, and, and we we'd be like, "What's going on?" And <laughs> basically, at least for me, any noise would make me jump. Okay, yeah. yeah, I might be a little bit jumpy. Yeah. Um but like why are the birds so mean about this? Like what do they have <laughs> against the dwarves? I, I don't know. Are they protecting Snow White? But like they But she's they brought, the infiltrator. They brought what? Snow White there for safety. For safety, you would think that the birds and other animals would be like, yeah, this is going to be a safe place for Snow White. The because dwarves the will dwarves be okay. Because the dwarves are safe. But now they're trying to scare the dwarfs. I don't know. I don't think the birds are trying to scare the dwarfs away. I think they're just hassling them. I think they're just teasing. Yeah, them. they're, they're trolling them. them. Yeah. yeah, I think they're just like, oh, these guys are on edge. We're gonna have some fun. It's like if um, if somebody you know is like agitated by spiders, and then they see spiders on TV, and then you like put your hand up behind them and like touch their neck with a couple fingers. Mm -hmm. It's like doing that. Not Mm -hmm. funny. Not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's a very mean Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -mm. Um, I I, I don't like spiders and I have stories of people being mean to me. Well, that's awful. And those, those friends are these bluebirds. Yes. Uh, So I, I'd say they're not, yeah, they're, they're a little malicious and I do not support this, what they decide to do, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. And what, then they, they go and they like, they run. Yeah. Into, what is that sound that the birds make? Like the, the tapping on the wood? No, they do the tapping and then they do that weird. The, the screech? Yeah. That weird screech. I'm like, what is that noise? And how did they like make it? And in no way do I think, oh, that's a bird making a noise. <laughs> it's a cartoon bird. They, they, li- they yeah. live their lives by different rules. Yes, their their songs come in different varieties. Yeah. I guess, but I I I would be interested to know what um, foley technique that one was. It was probably something really simple. It's probably just like a a horn with something at the end of it to kind of rattle. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure either. We don't have a ton of information about like all the foley that people have done for Snow White. It's just not one of the things they documented everything of, and so we can't find everything. But we have seen clips of people doing some of the Foley work that, at, like, at the Disney Studios that might have made it into this. But, I mean, we also saw him, like, fake a train. So right. that's definitely not in this movie. Yeah, yeah. So it's hard to say, like, what exactly made it in. But right. that's it. it's a fascinating job that they get where part of the day is like, okay, we're going to set up a microphone. And then you're going to drop this, like, this pane of glass mm-hmm. from a ladder. Yeah. And that's, it's like, that's 20 minutes of my day. Like, I'm getting paid to just, like, climb up a ladder and drop glass. <laughs> well, if you're having a bad day or if you're mad at someone, that that could that, that could be therapeutic in a way. So you're getting paid to. Maybe. But if it's your everyday, like, but yeah. 
or or is it just like, well, better go make noise, like just nine to five making noise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's difficult. It makes you think about sound differently. Cause like I have to, I have to do a lot of Foley work on uh geek by night that the audio show, cause I do all of the sound effects and everything. Right. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one thing to write in a script that like a giant robot, like <laughs> stomps his way through town. And then you get to the edit process and you're like, what does that sound like? And so you're just trying to like put things together and sounds together and try and figure out what sounds the most realistic. Um, and weirdly, most often what sounds the most realistic isn't the actual thing. It's usually some other thing that imitates the real sound because the real sound doesn't sound real enough. It's weird. It, it's not, it's not what you expect to hear. Right. I have heard that, um, like in the Lion King, so keeping it Disney, uh, mm-hmm. those aren't typically lions' roars. They're mostly tigers. They're mostly tigers because mm-hmm. they couldn't get a lion to really do it right. Do it right. And that makes roar sense. Yeah. yeah. But um, I also know that in in some movies, like when they do cannon fire, they'll usually mix in um, tiger or lion roars to give it a little oh. rumble. Yeah. And so they're mixing in all these different things to make it sound like a cannon. It's like, but. Shouldn't it just sound like a cannon? But that's not what we want to hear. Yeah, Yeah. right. It's like that whole thing with uh, silencers in movies. Like we all know what a gun with a silencer on it sounds like in a movie. But in reality, it just sounds like someone shooting a gun slightly quieter. Right. Because that silencer from movies that doesn't exist. But we all know what it sounds like and that's what we expect to hear in a movie. In the the movies, it's this like little hiss like – right um but in real life it wouldn't be like that no no yeah so like i'm curious why we have that kind of dissonance from reality when it comes to movies like if we've just gotten conditioned or if like seeing it on the screen a certain way means we have to expect it a certain way maybe i almost wonder if it all started with um some overzealous foley artists who uh, were trying to sort of earn their earn their job, earn their keep, and really show off. And then those sounds that they created to show off just sort of became the iconic sounds that we think of with those things, and it all just sort of snowballed, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm always fascinated to think about, like, the world before recording and, mm-hmm. and things like that, where nobody had ever tried to make something sound like something else. Um, mm-hmm. for mass production, yeah, you know, for, for a recording, I'm sure for a long time, people have been, you know, mimicking noises for stage plays and, and things like that. But yeah, the history of something like that, I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of it isn't documented because it's like, oh, well, we're just doing our job. <laughs> right. Right. Um, do you have any other notes on this minute or should we? I don't have anything else. Uh, oh, wait. No, I do have one more thing. So so they all hide at the end from the noise, and mm-hmm. Sneezy jumps in the dusty pot, and I just like, mm, bad move, Sneezy. That's not yeah, he's, that's not where you should be going. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a jar for flour or something. Yeah, right. it looks like. yeah. It's like, yeah, that is a bad move for Sneezy. Yeah. Uh, and I, it I, definitely, like, spurts out dust. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird, since Snow White just spent a good portion of her day cleaning this whole house. 
Yeah, I mean, she's been cleaning for at least several hours. We yes. Know. Um, she was dusting and cleaning, so there should be less dust than ever. Yeah, yeah. But he found the last dusty spot. Right. Did she clean inside the pot? I don't know. It may have been superficial. Yeah. Maybe that was something some of the animals were supposed to do, and they're like, mm. Maybe that's where they ended up putting all the The dust, dust that they were trying the to get under the rug. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it could be. Um, but if that's it for today, then yeah. we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, but in the meantime, where could listeners find uh, all of your stuff, Scott? Uh, DuelingGenre.com. Uh, there's a link for... Uh, on, on the site up at the top, there's a link for my three short films and uh, also like all of our podcasts, including all the ones I host and all the other ones that uh, we produce. So, uh, including, including what three different uh, minute by minute right. film podcasts like this one? Uh, for, for now. Um, but yeah, Back to the Future Minute, uh, Lord of the Rings Minute, and Harry Potter Minute are all on the site right now. Um, by the time this comes out, I think we'll have announced our next one that premieres in May, I think. Uh, but just to be on the safe side, I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> oh, so stay stay tuned for more news we'll do, about that We'll later. do the math between minutes, and if, it's, <laughs> if, it, if it shakes out right, then I'll, I'll say it in the next episode. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we can be found at protagonistpodcast.com slash dame. And... Of course, here in your podcast feed, be sure to share us with your friends. Give us a review and a rating and all that stuff. And come back tomorrow for more of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. But until then, just whistle while you work. <laughs>